0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. I'm Bob, reading today from the words of John Bunyan, who lived from 1628 to 1688. He was the author of Pilgrim's Progress. We're talking about prayer. Prayer. He's written a booklet about prayer that you can receive free from the chapel library at chapel at mountzion.org. I hope you will and ask them for a catalog, and you'll find a whole lot of other things that they'll give you for free. Of course, it's good to send offerings to people like this, but they don't demand it, and I I hope that you will contact them. We're moving on to the Section 2 of his booklet. It's called, What it is to Pray with the Spirit. First Corinthians 14, I will pray with the Spirit. Now, to pray with the Spirit, for that is the praying man and none else so as to be accepted of God, is for a man, as aforesaid, sincerely and sensibly, with affection, to come to God through Christ, and so on. Which sincere, sensible, and affectionate coming must be by the working of God's Spirit? There is no man nor church in the world that can come to God in prayer, but by the assistance of the Holy Spirit." For through Christ we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Wherefore, Paul saith, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And because there is in this scripture so full a discovery of the spirit of prayer and of man's inability to pray without it, therefore I shall, in a few words, comment upon it. For we, consider first the person speaking, even Paul, and in his person all the apostles. We apostles, we extraordinary officers, the wise master builders that have some of us been caught up into paradise— Uh, we know not what we should pray for. Uh, Surely there is no man but will confess that Paul and his companions were as able to have done any work for God as any pope or proud prelate in the Church of Rome, and could as well have made a common prayer book as those who at first composed this, as being not a whit behind them either in grace or gifts. For we know not What we should pray for. We know not the matter of the things for which we should pray, neither the object to whom we pray, nor the medium by or through whom we pray. None of these things know we but by the help and assistance of the Spirit. Should we pray for communion with God through Christ? Should we pray for faith, for justification by grace, and a truly sanctified heart? None of these things know we. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. But here, alas, the apostles speak of inward and spiritual things which the world knows not. Again, as they know not the matter, etc., of prayer without the help of the spirit, so neither know they the manner thereof without the same. And therefore he adds, We know not what we should pray for, as we ought. But the Spirit helpeth our infirmities with sighs and groans which cannot be uttered. Mark here, they could not so well and so fully come off in the manner of performing this duty as these in our days think they can. The apostles, when they were at the best, yea, when the Holy Ghost assisted them, yet then they were fain to come off with sighs and groans, falling short of expressing their mind, but with sighs and groans which cannot be uttered. But here, and now, the wise men of our days are so well skilled as that they have both the manner and matter of their prayers at their finger ends, setting such a prayer for such a day, and that, twenty years before it comes... One for Christmas, another for Easter, six days after that. They've also bounded how many syllables must be said in every one of them at their public exercises. For each Saint's Day also they have them ready for the generations yet unborn to say. They can tell you also when you shall kneel, when you shall stand, when you should abide in your seats, when you should go up into the chancel, what you should do when you get there all of which the apostles came short of, as not being able to compose so profound a manner, and that for this reason included in this scripture, because the fear of God tied them to pray as they ought. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Mark this, as we ought. For the not thinking of this word, or at least the not understanding it in the spirit and truth of it, hath occasioned these men to devise, as Jeroboam did, another way of worship, both for matter and manner, than is revealed in the word of God. But, saith Paul, we must pray as we ought, and this we cannot do by all the art, skill, and cunning device of men or angels, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit, ah, nay, further, it must be the spirit itself that helpeth our infirmities, not the spirit and man's lusts. What man of his own brain may imagine and devise is one thing, and what they are commanded and ought to do is another. Many ask and have not because they ask amiss, and so are never the nearer the enjoying of those things they petition for. It is not to pray at random that will put off God or cause him to answer. While prayer is making, God is searching the heart to see from what root and spirit it doth arise. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth, that is, approveth only the meaning of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. For in that which is according to his will only he heareth us. And in nothing else. And it is the Spirit only that can teach us so to ask. It only being able to search out all things, even the deep things of God. Without which Spirit, though we had a thousand common prayer books, yet we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Being accompanied with those infirmities that make us absolutely incapable of such a work. Which infirmities, although it is a hard thing to name them all, yet some of them are these that follow. First, without the Spirit, man is so infirm that he cannot, with all other means whatsoever, be enabled to think one right saving thought of God, of Christ, or of his blessed things. Therefore he saith of the wicked, God is not in all his thoughts unless it be that they imagine him altogether such a one as themselves. For every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, and that continually. They then, not being able to conceive a right of God to whom they pray, of Christ through whom they pray, nor of the things for which they pray, as is before showed, how shall they be able to address themselves to God without the Spirit help this infirmity? Peradventure, you will say, well, oh, by the help of the common prayer book. But that cannot do it, unless it can open the eyes and reveal to the soul all these things before touched. But it is evident that it cannot, because that is the work of the Spirit only. The Spirit itself is the revealer of these things to poor souls, and that which doth give us to understand them. Wherefore Christ tells his disciples, when he promised to send the Spirit, the Comforter, he shall take of mine and shall shew it unto you. As if he had said, I know you are naturally dark and ignorant as to the understanding any of my things. Though you try this course and the other, yet your ignorance will still remain. The veil is spread over your heart, and there is none can take away the same, nor give you spiritual understanding but the Spirit. The common prayer book will not do it. Neither can any man expect that it should be instrumental that way, it being none of God's ordinances, but a thing since the scriptures were written, patched together one piece at one time, another at another, a mere human invention, an institution, which God is so far from owning of that he expressly forbids it with any other such like and that by manifold sayings in his most holy and blessed word. Many scriptures are given here. For right prayer must as well in the outward part of it, in the outward expression, as in the inward intention, come from what the soul doth apprehend in the light of the Spirit. Otherwise it is condemned as vain and an abomination, because the heart and tongue do not go along jointly in the same. Neither indeed can they, unless the Spirit help our infirmities. And this David knew full well, which did make him cry, Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. I suppose there is none can imagine but that David could speak and express himself as as well as others, nay, as, as any in our generation, as is clearly manifested by his Word and his works. Nevertheless, when this good man, this prophet, comes into God's worship, then the Lord must help, or he can do nothing. Lord, open thou my lips, and then my mouth shall show forth thy praise. He could not speak one right word except the Spirit itself gave utterance. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself helpeth our infirmities. But second, it must be a praying with the Spirit, that is, the effectual praying, because without that, as men are senseless, so hypocritical, cold, and unseemly in their prayers, and so they, with their prayers, are both rendered abominable to God. It is not the excellency of the voice, nor the seeming affection and earnestness of him that prayeth, that is, anything regarded of God without it. For man, as man, is so full of all manner of wickedness, that as he cannot keep a word or thought, so much less a piece of prayer, clean and acceptable to God through Christ. And for this cause, the Pharisees, with their prayers, were rejected. No question but they were excellently able to express themselves in words and also for a length of time, too. And they were very notable. But they had not the Spirit of Jesus Christ to help them, and therefore they did what they did with their infirmities or weaknesses only, and so fell short of a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of their souls to God through the strength of the Spirit. That is the prayer that goeth to heaven and that is sent thither in the strength of the Spirit. For a third, nothing... But the Spirit can show a man clearly his misery by nature, and so put a man into a posture of prayer. Talk is but talk, as we used to say, and so it is but mouth worship, if there be not a sense of misery, and that effectually too. Oh, the cursed hypocrisy that is in most hearts, and that accompanieth many thousands of praying men that would be looked upon in this day, and all for a need of a sense of their misery. But now the Spirit will sweetly show the soul its misery, where it is, and what is like to become of it, also the intolerableness of that condition. For it is the Spirit that doth effectually convince of sin and misery without the Lord Jesus. And so puts the soul into a sweet, sensible, affectionate way of praying to God According to his word. Fourth, if men did see their sins, yet without the help of the Spirit, they would not pray. For they would run away from God with Cain and Judas and utterly despair of mercy, were it not for the Spirit. When a man is indeed sensible of his sin and God's curse, then it is a hard thing to persuade him to pray. For, saith his heart, there is no hope. It is in vain to seek God. I am so vile, so wretched, and so cursed a creature that I shall never be regarded. Now here comes the spirit, and stayeth the soul, helpeth it to hold up its face to God by letting into the heart some small sense of mercy to encourage it to go to God, and hence it is called the Comforter. And fifth, It must be in or with the Spirit, for without that no man can know how he should come to God the right way. Men may easily say they come to God in his Son, but it is the hardest thing of a thousand to come to God aright, and in his own way, without the Spirit. It is the Spirit that searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. It is the Spirit that must show us the way of coming to God and also what there is in God that makes him desirable. I pray thee, saith Moses, show me not thy way that I may know thee. Show me now thy way that I may know thee, and he shall take of mine and shall show it unto thee. That's in John 16. Well, there are several other points that he makes in this section called Praying with the Spirit. We'll finish that section next time we get together. Thank you so much for listening. Please look around my site. We have over 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, Bible studies on a number of subjects, a blog, a store where you can purchase one of my books. If you desire more fellowship, please consider visiting my YouTube channel known as Pastorlands or contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com and I'll share details about some of the things that we're doing here with Zoom and street, and there's some in person churches you might want to visit with me. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. As you hear this, the first time it is April 22nd, 2022. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye bye.